Back in a prayer, back to Psalm 5. Finish up what we started Sunday night concerning prayer and David's prayer in the morning. He prayed, as we said, for the audience of the Lord, for the attention of the Lord. He prayed his dedication to the Lord. He settled his direction. He had discernment. He had, once again, dedication to his prayer. And it says in Psalm 5, verse 3, My voice shalt thou hear, shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. I read that quote to you the other day. I'll read it again. It's so good. An hour in the morning is worth two in the evening. While the dew is on the grass... Let grace drop upon the soul. Let us give to God the mornings of our days and the morning of our lives. Heard a wonderful pastor, actually a pastor I referenced him uh, on Sunday. I heard him preach Monday morning. I was listening to him as I was driving down the road. And he was preaching about how hard it was, especially when he was a new Christian. At night, he'd get home and he said, I'd try to go to my prayer closet and pray and all the compression and the stress of the day. Just on me, just on me, it's just on me. But he said, when I would wake up from my sleep, I had spent time asleep without my mind troubling me, without my mind trembling, without my heart stressing and anxiety towards things of the world. He said, I'd get up in the morning and I would pray that God would give me a good day, that God would bless me in a new day. And he said, that's when my prayer life changed. So David, he's... Praying, and he settles in himself, when I wake in the morning, Lord, I'm going to sup with you. When I wake in the morning, I'm going to spend time intimately with you, Lord, as I get up in the morning. I had an early drive this morning, and I uh, drove over this way this morning early, and I spent time in that drive praying, specifically thanking the Lord for something in my life. And I had a good time, Brother Sam. I had a good time. And... That 26 traffic, it wasn't such a problem. I was spending time with the Lord. And the anxiety of the day and what might come and what things might come about and the worries and the stress about things that's not in my control, it became less and less as I spent time with God. I tell you, if we wake in the morning and spend time with the Lord, it'll set ourselves up for a good day. And when it's not a good day, I can go back to the rock that we started with. You know the old song, I am blessed. I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. Amen. Praise God how blessed we are. And if we can just get up and settle, Lord, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to give you this moment. I'm going to give you this hour. I'm going to give you ten minutes. I'm going to give you five minutes. I'm going to give you the drive in my car. This morning, it's yours, Lord. This moment, it's yours. I think there's something about awaking from our sleep that's intimate with God. You say, well, I, I don't get up till the middle of the day. I work through the night. Something about when we wake up, when we start our day, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. And I'm going to thank you for letting me get through another night, and I'm going to pray that you bless the day that I have ahead. Man, how it will help us. Remember a girl in Sunday school when I was a teenager, she said that she had been getting up and, Praying and reading her Bible, and she had been having many good days at school. And I thought, well, I go to the same school as you, and I have a lot of bad days at that school. 
I get in trouble all the time, and I'm in the middle of... Sam, I didn't think it was my fault. I get in trouble, and I have problems, and I have all these things that I don't like, and maybe I'll try that. You know what? Sam, I had a good year that school year. I prayed, and I studied the Bible before I went to school. Man, I had a different day. I treated people differently. I looked at things differently because I spent time with God when I woke up in the morning. So David says, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning, he says it twice, will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Look down in verse 8. This is where we ended Sunday night. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. That should be the prayer before we cross the sill of our door walking out to go each and every day. Lord, make thy way straight before my face. Why? Because of mine enemies. I was thinking about this all day long, about our enemies. And verse 9, it says, For there is no faithfulness in their mouth, and their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, verse 10 is a strong prayer, destroy thou them, O God, let them fall by their own counsel, cast them out into the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. I want to, I'm I'm sorry to use my phone, but I've got something I want to read to you tonight, and uh, I just thought of this, and I'll read it in just a moment, but it, it, and I may have read it, I don't think I've read it here before, but prayer. The, the desire for prayer. Verse nine, or verse 8, it says, Make thy way straight before my face. And it goes on before the verse, it says, Because of my enemies. I think today, and I believe why prayer is the proverbial fire extinguisher and the proverbial spare tire, is because what kind of enemy have we faced? I mean, do we have anyone that can recall Pearl Harbor? Now, many of us in here can recall 9-11, but do we recall Pearl Harbor? Do we recall 9-11? If you do, you can remember a day where we had an enemy. We had a prayer. We had something that, as a nation, and I believe that that speaks so much because as a nation, we can look at a need and a call for prayer. And so those two examples, if you can remember those, and I, I don't think anybody maybe maybe can, maybe can't remember the first, but... The second, certainly, 9-11, that's not been that long ago in the grand scheme of things. That stays on the identity of a, of a society. That sticks around in the mind of people. There was a need for prayer. And we had a clear enemy. We had people that were enemies against our society. We had people that were enemies against our way of living. We had people that were enemies against our people and our nation. And time has went on, and we're living in a day today where there's even less uh, need. I mean, the world so quickly goes by in just, I mean, it just, the days fly by, the hours fly by, the minutes fly by, and we're just living and seeming just flourish, flourishing in our society, and we don't realize there's an enemy out there that we can't see. I'm afraid prayer has been thrown to the wayside because we haven't had an enemy right in front of us to pray against. 
And as we've said, that devil recently, the devil, the roaring lion, hey, he's, he's out there. He's seeking. He's looking. But we don't see him, and we so easily forget that there's an enemy spiritually out there we need to be praying against, but we've grown soft against the enemy that is in front of us. You know why? I feel like that I was raised in the church age of just, well, bless their heart. Amen? Bless their heart. Well, I, I, they're what, this, that, the other. Bless their heart. We're living in a soft age. We won't call sin, sin, and we see things, and I'm not going to comment. Look at our political spectrum. The biggest reason we've got in our polit- issues we have in our political spectrum is because I believe the biggest at fault are conservative people that won't say anything. Stuff comes up and we keep our mouth shut. Well, I'll vote them out. Well, let's see how that goes. We've got to speak up against things, stand against sin. But yet we see in our society so many, they want to coddle the enemy. But yet David, he gets up and he prays for deliverance from the enemy and he prays for the destruction of the enemy i said we would pray we would talk about praying through this chapter and we see through those first verses what that means but to give some context we'll read again verse 9 for there is no faithfulness in their mouth their inward part is very wickedness their throat is an open sepulcher they flatter with their tongue destroy thou them O god let them fall by their own counsels Cast them out into the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. I feel like we've come up in a day, and we're living in a day of bless your heart day. We're living in a day of turn the other cheek kind of day. We're living in a day where uh, that's the only uh, scripture and lesson that we take. We're just supposed to be passive, and we're just supposed to uh, let bygones be bygones and let, let things go on. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when we wake in the morning, we have some real enemies coming after us. And if we don't have an enemy that you can see coming after you, I'm going to guarantee you these children have an enemy coming after them. And you might not be facing one, but uh, your sister and your brother and your cousin and your, their kids and all them others, they're facing an enemy each and every day. And we are in a spiritual warfare. And if we live each and every day in the mindset of, well, it's just don't say anything about it. I don't want to uh, say, I don't want to upset anything. I don't ruffle anybody's feathers. I don't want to say anything about this. Uh, those people there, they just need this, or they just need that. If we come up in that aspect, in our mindset, in that society, what happens? People don't pray away the enemy. David, he clearly prays away the enemy. There's no faithfulness in their mouth. Let's get up in the morning. Let's say, Lord, there's some people that are going to stand against me. And more so than stand against me, they're going to stand against you and your holy word. And Lord, I know they're wicked people and I know they're ungodly and I know that you love them, but yet they are your enemies. And I'm going to need you, as he says there in verse number eight, I'm going to need you to make my way straight. I'm going to need you to show me my paths because I know there's enemies that I'm facing that want to get me messed up and mixed up on my path. Deliver me from these enemies, Lord. There's no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. And what does he say in verse 10? Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. 
We have coddled sin in our society so much. It's, it's, it's into the very fabric of our churches, churches. It's in the very fabric of our society. It's in the fabric and corrupting the leadership of churches, the leadership of our government. It's corrupting the very fabric of the society in which we live. And it's time that we begin saying, when I wake up in the morning, God, I'm going to pray for you to do what you've done for me in the past. I'm going to pray for you to touch me. I'm going to pray for you to bless me. God, I'm going to have discernment that I need to find sin in my life and clear the sin out of the way. But God, Lord, I'm praying about the enemies in my life. I'm not going to sit around anymore and just only uh, believe in the, the love of this gospel because I need to know that you're a just God and I need to recall that you're a God that hates wickedness. And I'm going to pray that these enemies that stand against you and stand against the truth of your word, I'm going to pray that they fall. Well, that's not nice. Hey, nice, look where nice has got us as a society. I'm not saying we're going to start a crusade. I mean, I'm not going to come in here riding on a horse and a big old uh, white cloak with a big red cross on it. But what I'm saying, we need to pray against the enemies that attack us and that attack our children. I don't want anything bad to happen against them. That's between them and God. I'm not praying, Lord, smite them and burn them and blow them up and, and, and choke them and kill them. But Lord, destroy this wickedness that's, that's around us. Lord, I'm getting up this morning and I'm asking you to hold back the gates of hell and hold back the attacks of the devil from my home. Lord, I'm getting up this morning and I'm asking you to, to, to that wickedness that's around my children that's seeking them, that wants to get a hold of their mind. Lord, I pray that you would destroy those, God, according to your will and your way because you're a just God and you're a righteous God. And Lord, I'm not going to determine exactly how you're going to do it. I'm not going to pray that you break their legs. I'm not going to pray that you cause them to die. I'm not going to pray that you kill them dead uh, with a lightning strike. But Lord, I'm going to wake up and I am going to pray that you, in your way, handle the unrighteous that seek my life, that seek my children's life, that seek our church. I pray a hedge of protection around us. I pray a hedge of protection against these children that, that are over in the fellowship building and that are downstairs and the teachers that are around them. I pray a hedge of protection around each of those in my church because it's the wickedness of the world that's coming around them and I'm tired of just looking away from it. I'm tired of just, just, just looking away from the, the ungodly things of this world. Lord, I'm going to pray that your righteousness, that you deal with them, that you handle them. Not by the way I see fit, but by the way a just God handles them. We've got to pray against the enemy. I told you just a minute ago. All the unity that comes with a natural, national disaster. Do you remember early COVID? Christians on fire. I'm excited about the Lord. I mean, there were people, there was, there was hundreds and hundreds of people watching preachers preaching from home. Hundreds of people, probably thousands. If you're a big enough preacher and people know your name, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands and ultimately millions of people that, that shared on Facebook and watched on Facebook, fired up about the Lord. But look right now. I've never seen people so unhappy as I see right now. We saw an enemy. We prayed against an enemy. We prayed God would deliver us from the enemy. We prayed God would destroy us an enemy, and here we are, right back where we started. The threat leaves, here we are. What happened? When we wake up in the morning, are we giving the morning to the Lord? Are we praying away the wickedness of the world? Are we praying God, a just God would handle and deal with the evil in this world as he sees fit? Am I crazy? Thank you. 
David pleads for deliverance and destruction from these people. I found a, my great, it would be great, great uncle. He was uh, 22, I believe. Got his obituary or uh, a memorial um, bookmark from someone's Bible. He died February 24th, 1945. Drafted into the army from, uh, from Madison County. Never left Madison County. Went to Germany. They stepped foot into Germany, crossed the Rhine River, and he was shot and killed. It says, Private First Class Fender was serving with General William H. Simpson's 9th Army, 102nd Division. PFC Fender entered the service May 16, 1944. He reported to Fort Bragg. He went there to Fort McClellan, Alabama, May 24th. He took 17 weeks training on September 23rd. Was awarded his certificate in recognition of completion of battle training. He enjoyed a short furlough at home with his parents and reported to Fort Meade, Maryland, October 12th. He was in New York October 23rd and sailed soon afterwards. The next time he was heard from by his parents, he stated he had seen England, Scotland, Belgium, and was somewhere in France. He described the place he was then he was then staying at as an old French fort built in the mountains with tunnels all through it, built in 1525. He visited Holland and was promoted to private first class during his service overseas. In one letter to his parents, he wrote, I'm hoping to come home someday, and I'm going to be a different man. I'm going to live right the best I know from now on. Be sure to pray for us boys over here. In a card of sympathy to his parents, General Marshall said of him, Your son fought valiantly in a supreme hour of his country's greatest needs. His memory will live on in this grateful heart. What did he ask for? He asked for prayer. When things get bad, you see the power of prayer. When your child gets drafted, those, uh, the story goes in that family, they was working, working uh, setting tobacco. The postman come by letter said that they'd be called to go him and my grand, my great grandfather and all the all the young men were gone go fight world war ii 22 years old he would never come home and he asked for prayer when you face the things of this world i think of him often because never had a chance to have two children he never had a chance to have to take him to the doctor Never had a chance to see home once again. Never had an opportunity to come back and see his family, hug his mom, hug his dad. Don't you know it broke their heart? Their baby, that was the young, he was the youngest. Never come home. My grandfather survived. All the other brothers survived. Never come home. 22 years old. What did he ask for? Prayer. I'm telling you. When times get bad, we're going to lean on prayer. 
when our children are being pulled from the homes and sent to another country, we used to think it was far away. All the success we've had in our country, we've took for granted. We took for granted what it could be. They pull our children out of our homes and send them to the other side of the world. They pull us out of our homes and send us to the other side of the world. They pull us out of our homes and persecute us for being Christians. We're going we're gonna to pray then. We had something really scary happen with Isla last night. And I prayed last night and I prayed all day, thanking the Lord that everything was fine. Scotty, I sat down at my desk today. And my hand was just shaking. Nerves just shot. done a lot of praying past 24 hours some of it's been spare tire some of it I've said Lord I'm going back to the rock I prayed this morning I've already supped with you but man I wish I'd have prayed more what I'm getting at here in verse 11 David says but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield? It says, Lord, I'm going to choose to rejoice in you in anticipation of your deliverance and assurance of your deliverance. I'm sitting at my desk today. And I thought, Lord, when I wake up in the morning, if I wake up in the morning, I'm going to give you the morning. I'm going to pray, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for helping my family. Bind the enemies, the gates of hell that stand against me. Deal with them justly as only a just God can. And Lord, help me have anticipation for your deliverance regardless of what's around the corner. I don't want to take Isla and get her heart scanned. I don't want to take her. But I know I got to. The anxiety. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But that verse helped me today. Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Lord, you know the answer. You know the answer. Those pass on, Miss Judy, heaven just gets sweeter. I was thinking the other day. Get to go see those loved ones that are gone on. That's a pretty sweet deal, ain't it? What a blessing that is. That's something to rejoice about. I got an uncle, I believe, according to what I've been told. Died February 24th, 1945, seeking the prayers of people because he saw the worst of this world. I believe he's up there. I get to meet him one day. What a blessing that is. Got a grandfather up there. Got great-grandmothers up there, great-grandfathers up there. Got many loved ones I'll get to see again. What a blessing that is. That's something to rejoice about. I may face enemies on this earth, but, Lord, I'm going to rejoice in you. Whether I have joy on this earth or joy in heaven, I'm a winner either way. For thou, Lord, verse 12, wilt will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him with a shield. With, with, will, wilt thou compass him as with a shield? Thankful for God's hedge of protection. Like I said, have that scary moment. You have a scary episode. You have something happen, man. It's funny. We pray quick, don't we? We pray quick. I think about recently, anytime anything's come up, prayer is just, Lord, help me. I believe what David is saying. 
saying, Lord, I'm going to give you the first moments of my day because I want to be a prayer, prayerful person throughout everything. Not just when I need you. Not just when things get bad. But I'm going to give you my morning. I'm going to give you my day. I'll give you and trust you through the night. 